Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as a springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Alex and Dan. Hi. And today we're going to talk about Jumanji and how it fits in the recent trend of reboots and sequels and things like that. So sit back and relax, or if you're driving, sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. And a spoiler alert is in effect. So, uh, to start us off, guys, what did we all think of Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle? Oh, wow. I uh, enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Yeah, I was, like, very pleasantly surprised with how, how it went. Uh, same boat as well, in the sense that, yes, it's not the most, like, complicated, thought-provoking movie, but I enjoy films that know what they are. And embrace yeah. that what they're trying to set out to do, and Jumanji accomplished that very well. Yeah, I yeah. felt that way. Of there are points you need to hit if you do a time traveling movie. There are points you need to hit if you do a body switching movie, like that type of thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so there are points you need to hit if you are getting trapped in a video game, and they hit those points. Yeah. Um. As quote unquote gamers, I remember Dan and I while watching it. Um, during certain, like, gamer jokes where they were, like, explaining the different tropes. We were like, oh, I bet this is a cutscene. And then The Rock would go, I think this is a cutscene. And we'd be like, oh my god, they got it. (laughs) To each other right before the thing happened. It was like, oh, they did the thing! It didn't diminish from the fact that it was predictable. It added to it that we were, like, on for the ride, essentially. Yeah. Um, One scene that stuck out to me was, I have to pee. And this was the girl who was now trapped in Jack Black's body. And trapped is a relative term. <laughs> I would <laughs> go on. True in her opinion. And she's she literally asks for help. And I thought that was hilarious in a in the context of while watching it, I probably thought this was like a kinda like a children's movie. Later I found out it was a PG thirteen movie, but and they did curse a little bit. But when he was Jack Black literally said, like, there's a penis attached to me. <laughs> and I, like, was like, you're hitting it. The yeah. the body switching tropes, that's what I want to hear. These, mm-hmm. Oh, this is so much easier than peeing as a girl. It's like you have a handle on it. <laughs> like, th- those are the lines I want to hear when a guy becomes a girl and when a girl becomes a guy. Yeah, and I like it in the sense that it's not they're swapping bodies with each other. It's they're inhabiting these just new characters or whatever. So I feel like there's that... We can just alleviate that queasy, like, oh, I'm in the body of the girl that I like, and I can see her boobs, whatever. It's like, no, he's just, he's the rock. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did, that was new, and that, uh, new in the sense of, like, typically body switching is two people that are at odds. Like in Freaky Friday, the mom and the daughter are like, oh, like, I wish you lived my life and saw how hard it was. Or the flip side where someone's like, I wish I had their life. It seems so much easier. But in this one, they were just in completely random new bodies of video game characters that they didn't even know existed until they were transformed into them. So that mm-hmm. was, that's and it added it added a very nice layer of sort mm-hmm. of the whole uh, working up the courage and sort of self esteem sort of yeah. sort of thing. Um, oh, darn it! What was the Jewish kid's name? The Rock. <laughs> the Rock. Yes. <laughs> I, I just really love his whole um, coming to terms 
with with himself throughout the movie. He had a mm-hmm. he had a very nice arc, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I loved the um. This is this is kind of jumping way ahead to the end of the movie, but in the movie, if you haven't seen it, um, they have three lives, and at one point, the Rock is down to his last life, and the and he says, "Oh, I can't I can't do this. I'm not brave. It's very easy to be brave." but it's not when you only have one life. And then Kevin Hart says to him, you always only have one life. And it kind of pulled me back out of like, oh yeah, they're not like from a video game. <laughs> like they're real people. And I thought I thought it was a really good line. Yeah, yeah. it sort of points the mic to the audience and says, what are you doing with your one life? Yeah. Right. And watching, watching goddamn Jumanji. And what... I found most fascinating about that line is how powerful it felt then, even though that exact same line was given at the beginning by the principal. And it was just sort of like a condescending, I'm a principal authority and I'm talking to high schoolers and I didn't connect to it at all, even though it was the same exact lines. After they put me into their story and I was invested in their characters, all of a sudden that same line. Incredibly effective. So much more powerful. Yeah, because when the principal said it, I was like kind of facetiously in the in the theater, like, "Oh, get it?" Because they're about to become different people and they're gonna be in a video game. But then when Kevin Hart said it, I was like, "You're right, Kevin Hart. Like, I should go volunteer somewhere. Like, what am I? What am I doing with my life?" Uh, you know, I do have one thing lingering in your mind that uh, I personally related to it in Jumanji, and this is just me growing up as a nerd as a kid. I had a, uh, a childhood friend, Devin, that I just grew up with mm-hmm. in video games were our, uh, our, binding, our binding passion. But then I did feel that uh, in high school, he was, he was totally the jock. He was on the baseball team and such. And I sort of found my, uh, my nerd crew. And it was just sort of refreshing or like seeing that displayed in a movie between uh, Spencer and Fridge. Mm-hmm. Seeing mm-hmm. how like uh, they were the whole childhood friends that had just grown apart due to... Uh, High school, being high school and such. So I'd I'd say we're all on board with Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Um, where does the original Jumanji kind of fall in our consciousness? Like, do we regard it very highly? Do we remember it fondly? I was a very strong believer in any time we had indoor recess at my daycare center, we had to watch Jumanji. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, it was always up to a vote. If we had an indoor recess, what movie are we going to watch? And Jumanji was my number one vote all the time. And I'd always act out <laughs> the scene where I'd put my ear to the wall or a bookshelf or anything. And just turn around and go, Stampede! <laughs> and just run. <laughs> and then your teacher would say, Alex, for the last time, we don't have that VHS. I don't know why you keep asking us. We watched it plenty of times. I was Alex very would just reenact it right there. He's like, no, guys, we, we can just play Jumanji. <laughs> the, the film. Speaking of that, I, I like Jumanji. I remember it did like legitimately scare me when I was little. I was at... Um, a Christmas party. I was maybe like four or five, and I walked downstairs, and all the older kids were playing like a Jumanji board game, and I yelled, "What are you doing?" Because I was like, "Have you not seen? You're the messing movie, with forces. You, you shouldn't tamper um, with." 
That's like when uh, someone buys a Ouija, Ouija board, board yeah. and <laughs> someone else walks by and is like, what are you yeah. doing? Because on the one hand, it's sold by Hasbro. Hasbro. But on the other hand, why risk it? You yeah. Know? yeah. I don't want to roll those Risk is such dice. a long game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. Well done. No, I totally rem- remember it fondly in the sense that I love that it uh, integrates the whole jungle theme into actual... Uh, life that would be mm-hmm. one thing that this uh, sort of sequel lacks. Like, oh, we're just in the game, but I sort of like the mystique of the the first film, where like the hunter is in the actual real world and such, and there's stampedes going down a highway and such. Just that blending of the real world and the board mm-hmm. game is a lot of fun. Or like when the vines are going through the floorboards of the mm-hmm. of the oh, house wow. and such. Yeah. Like the hunter was what scared me so much. <laughs> Can you imagine like the effects of that now? Oh, man. Yeah. Like, that'd be pretty cool. I agree that that part was lost in this reboot. Um, one thing from the old movie is the kid gets punished for trying to cheat by uh, getting turned into a monkey. Mm-hmm. And again, daycare me was like, that's not a punishment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I'd you... love to. That sounds great. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's the... So he succeeded in cheating because now he has an advantage <laughs> yeah. but yeah he has a... part of the original i I like the veil of just the board game still being sort of omnipresent where you have to take turns like okay whose turn is it next or whatever so to roll the dice or when they uh they trick i don't remember all the, the names in the original film but when they trick uh the the woman who's reluctant to play the game again or whatever, and like, it's like, okay, you just hand me the dice, then Robin Williams just yoinks his hand away and makes uh, yeah. her roll the dice, just stuff like that I loved. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Joe, you did mention that they had a reference. What's, what's, uh, his uh, name? A- Alan Parrish, I believe, or Parrish. I think it's Parrish. Oh, um, with shoot, an a. I didn't even make that connection. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, um, Nick Jonas is in the movie. He, oh, let's uh, talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Oh my god, Nick Jonas <laughs> yeah. was in the movie. Yeah. What a babe. Yeah, he looked great. I, uh, that was good casting. I generally don't like stunt casting, and that I think that's what this was, but man, he pulled it off. I love. I didn't see him in any preview. Mm-hmm. I didn't look it up on IMDBD, so I didn't know that he was going to be there. And I was like, Nick Jonas? Is that Nick Jonas? It's Nick Jonas. And I was like a hundred times more invested in this movie after yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah, going back to this tangent was actually yeah. saying Nick Jonas' character lived in a hut that was built by Robin Williams' character. Um, so that was a nice homage? Homage. Oh, homage. 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 If you're French. Homage. Homage. What word am I using? It's homage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to use this word. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice callback to the source material. But that being said, that was kind of the only reason it had to be called Jumanji. That's true. And so talking about reboots and remakes, um, a conversation I had when this movie was first announced was people were very upset because they were like, oh, they're going to ruin Jumanji. Why does it have to be Jumanji? This movie looks so stupid. And I said, the movie doesn't look stupid. You're upset because it's called Jumanji. If this was not, if this wasn't attached to the Jumanji name, I think people would either be apathetic or would think that the movie looked cool because the trailer was good. Which, in all seriousness, this film could have been called anything else, and it, it could really have stood could have. on its own, yeah. regardless. It's just 
kind of a shame in order for things to get greenlit in Hollywood these days. It's like, let's slap that uh, familiar name on there, but we can still be creative and modernize yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Which they absolutely took full advantage of. So yeah. One Perhaps. thing one thing that I liked about the fact that it was a reboot is that I learned a little bit more about this concept of Jumanji the game, and I thought it, of it in more of a context as an actual curse and an actual, like temptation that exists like in our world the fact that it like changed into the appropriate times for it to be mm -hmm. tantalizing to the kids to play put it in more context for me of like this is a curse or like an evil something. makes it even scarier yeah, yeah as well. because like wow it's trying to seduce us and so i liked that aspect that was the only new thing that i discovered on the fact that it was a reboot if it wasn't a reboot and we wanted it to stand on its own, it could have easily done that. All right. So after they crash or they uh, break the game cartridge with the bowling ball, it's going to go to with a recycling. Bowling ball. With Chekhov's bowling ball. Because <laughs> they imagine, oh, it's totally at, the, at the very beginning of the, when they first have detention, Fridge, who turns into Kevin Hart, is rummaging through like the storage room in the high school and he goes, what do they need a bowling ball for? And then at the very end of the movie, they crush the Jumanji console with the bowling ball. <laughs> so I'm imagining it's going to go to some like electronics recycling plant or somehow or whatever. <laughs> it's going to get recycled into like a, a game on the back of a milk carton or something. <laughs> like a maze that you can trapped. Oh, when they did that music. Oh, at, the, yeah. at the end, there's some intense drumming going on mm -hmm. whenever something involving the game Jumanji was going to happen. And I thought, like, uh, a band was going to walk out of the... <laughs> like, they were practicing outside. High school band yeah. marching. Yeah, the high yeah. school band, the marching band was practicing. And I was kind of upset that that wasn't what happened. Well, it's the opportunities. Fix it, Hollywood. <laughs> That's the only thing wrong with Hollywood today. <laughs> um... But speaking of the new aspect, that is interesting to think of it as a curse mm -hmm. because that is a lot scarier than like, oh, there's just this board game and once people don't play board games anymore, who cares? Right. But it's like, no, this is a living thing with a goal and the goal is to entrap people and so it will adapt to its surroundings. And like you could think of Jumanji as like, Maybe it exists to teach kids lessons, but that's some intense lessons. <laughs> yeah, for, like the, some hardships. For, the, for the guys who get trapped there for years, yeah, that's an intense lesson. <laughs> yeah, so at the beginning, when all four of them get there, the um, I forget his name, but he's the tutorial character, Nigel. Nigel, yeah, <laughs> he says, um, you'll have to use your complementary powers to make it through. But that one kid played by himself, so of course he got trapped. Yeah, like that's it felt not, very devious. Yeah, he only had the one, the one ability. ability. And he, his weakness was mosquitoes in a jungle. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, um, so this, like we said, this movie did some tropes very nicely, um, and so one of those tropes is dead. A main character dies, but then is immediately brought back to life. Nick Jonas dies, but then Jack Black gives him CPR. And I was like, oh, cool. He was slow to death so that he could be saved, even though everyone else died pretty much immediately. 
and now like he's just back to life just so we have a cheap moment of tension but it showed that you could give lives and it got pretty much everyone on the same life count and right. I thought that was a fun, inventive way to do that. Yeah, I was actually sort of keeping count throughout the whole movie. I think uh, by the end of it, everyone's at one life. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, like, that was one thing that I thought from the beginning of, okay, all of them have three lives, which means they're all going to die twice. Yeah. And and basically, I appreciated the different ways that each of them lost a life. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just, here's a hard moment, I'm going to sacrifice myself twice. Here's a hard moment. I'm going to sacrifice my... It was a bunch of different ways of losing lives. And it made it worthwhile and sort of increased the stakes and the tension. And the creativity. Uh, like, there were cliche tense moments of... Like, going back to the tropes, they all have strengths and weaknesses. One weakness that hadn't been shown yet was the venom. Mm-hmm. And so... I knew she had to die with the venom and I was waiting for it the whole movie, but they found a way to still incorporate it where I was still surprised at her doing it on purpose so that she falls from the sky so that she's closer to the I top thought that of was really mountain. inventive where they yeah. abuse the, the game's own mechanics. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that too in the sense of and they almost did it with the helicopter scene. I'm like, oh shoot they die in this helicopter they're just gonna fall in the sky run on top of the blades and then like yeah. die lose two lives that way oh man yeah they they were very inventive with that and still created tension even though their characters could die three times or technically two times so even though it didn't have to be jumanji i still i don't think this movie ruined or tainted the memory of the original jumanji i think it just added some cool stuff yeah, I mean, like, I think the term Jumanji was taken advantage of in Hollywood, mm-hmm. but I wasn't upset with the outcome. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of it getting taken advantage of, Dan sort of brought this up earlier, how a project to get greenlighted, it kind of has to be attached to this larger project. Um, in the sense of, if this was some no-name, it's like, okay, we're doing going to do another trapped in a video game concept. I can just see everyone in the board meeting rolling their eyes already. It's like, okay, in order to get my idea in the floor, okay, what, what if it was Jumanji? Yeah, yeah I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if someone wrote a screenplay similar, like, it's four kids that get sucked into a video game. Maybe it's jungle-themed, maybe it's not. And a studio is like, I like that. We have the rights to Jumanji. Let's buy this script and make it slap the skin and on slap there. Jumanji yeah. on yeah. and get the name recognition. I haven't done like legitimate research on this, but I think that happens a lot more often than not with things like this because um, reboots and long overdue remakes and things like that have been popping up right. a lot recently. Uh huh. So yeah, let's the Jumanji's reboot was successful but unnecessary. But, I mean, I was entertained regardless. Um, Reboots in general, I've definitely had a sense... I don't know if fear is the right word, but kind of like, is this it? Have we just started looping now? Like, is My takeaway, personally, is I think Hollywood has unfortunately become bloated enough to the point where they're too afraid to take risks on new ideas Uh is what I think it's boiled down to. Okay. Yeah, I could... I could see that them being afraid to take new risks, so they'll be like, "Okay, we well, we need to make movies. Let's attach this 
mm-hmm. um, already existing thing. So I went through a list of reboots from 2017. So this is from just last year. We have Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. Finally. Tri- finally. Triple <laughs> X 2 came out in 2005. So that's been 12 years for a Triple X movie. And I think it's because the studio was like, well, Fast and Furious now has a very solid fan base with Vin Diesel at the helm. And they kind of hinted at a, at a third movie at the end of Triple X 2. So I think they were like, well, uh, Vin Diesel's popular now. Let's make a triple X movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just I'm a huge fan of the uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious franchise fan, and it's a guilty pleasure. I did not watch Triple X Return of Xander Cage, so, so it did not yeah. work on me, Hollywood. <laughs> We're not falling for your traps. <laughs> um, Rings again. The Ring Two came out in 2005. I can't. I don't even. I didn't even remember there was a Rings Two. And okay. the original Rings was a reboot of, uh, yeah. like, the Japanese Rings, which... Right, adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Train Spotting too. What's uh, that? Train Spotting, I can't give you, like, a solid definite, like... Uh, Ewan McGregor like, with drugs. Yeah, I know, I know there's, like... <laughs> deal. I, I know it's a movie, and Ewan McGregor's in it, but it came out in 1996. And then last year, Train Spotting 2 came out. So that's 20 years later. For no discernible reason. <laughs> Kong Skull Island came out, um, which King Kong, uh, I'm hesitant to call a reboot because there are constantly just these one standalone King Kong movies. Yeah, it's almost like... The Peter like, Jackson was the last one? I believe so, yes. 2005-ish? Mm-hmm. I'm imagining King Kong more as the category of like vampires yeah. and werewolves. So King Kong is almost like a mythological monster, creature. That, like, yeah. It's not Iconic necessarily a reboot. Like, and that is also with Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black was the category. I do, Sk- I do approve of Kong Skull Island. <laughs> I did want to see that because I do like monster movies like that. Um, I'm yeah. Th- I'm not saying anything about the quality of these films. I'm just saying look how many there look are. how many there are and look how long ago their last movie was. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, the live action remake. Disney has a, a has kind of started to remake a lot of their animated classics into live action and they have a long plan too. Um Alien Covenant, which I don't know what Ridley Scott's yeah, doing with that know. these days. <laughs> yeah. Um Prometheus, which was the last Alien movie to come out, was in twenty twelve. So five years to make a movie. I mean I They've been on and off sporadic yeah. enough with all these like Alien vs Predator stuff, so it's fine, whatever. People yeah. like that, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, uh, or Pirates 5. Pirates 4 on Stranger Tides came out in 2011, and that was after people were pretty much like, oh yeah, that's a nice conclusion to this series. Then they came out with the fourth (laughs) one, and people were like, okay, give Johnny Depp like a kind of standalone movie, that makes sense. And then this one came out, and I feel like everyone was like, "Really? Like it's a, they're trying it's to based squeeze, on a theme park ride? Like what are we <laughs> trying to squeeze every last bit of star power out of Johnny Depp before his fall of grace?" <laughs> yeah, um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I don't know a lot about this film series, but apparently the last one came out in twenty twelve, and I did read on this list that this isn't like the original cast from the previous like three or four films. So 
it seems they're just trying to perpetuate. But it is a book like series. Degrassi, so. Next Generation. Yeah. And Degrassi. I love Degrassi. I think Diary of a The Mummy. Again, The Mummy is like a, you know, like a monster movie. Um, so it's not necessarily a reboot. But like Kong Skull Island, this is part of a larger topic in Hollywood about uh, franchise and marvelization as it's been come to known where you try to create a large cinematic universe which we will talk about on a future episode so stay tuned for that one it came out uh, I think it came out in 1990 yes the uh, the Tim Curry the t- the television the movie TV, yeah the, the TV, TV movie, movie. Um, so the so it part one came out this past year Flatliners um, came out. I, th- I believe that stars Juno. Uh, Ellen Page, I think is her Ellen name. Ellen Page, yes. <laughs> um, there was an original Flatliners starring Kevin Bacon. Uh, that movie came out in 1990. Blade Runner 2049 came out oh, yeah. last year. Blade Runner, the original one, came out in 1982. And then very recently, Murder on the Orient Express was released. The original... Murder on the Orient Express movie came out in 1974. And again, all of these remakes were from 2017. Yes. So all of these were just last year. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> At least in my opinion, it's uh, a scary... Are we, is this it? Yeah, because like we said, Jumanji, was it necessary? No. Was it fun? Yeah. Did it add a little something? A little bit. I'll say off of this list, it was way better than the Tim Curry one, at least in my opinion. I think I, I think that was one where it was a re a remake, and it was like, oh wow, I'm actually glad that they decided to do that because I enjoy this version more than the original one. Mm-hmm. I think like there are opportunities for remakes in the sense of once technology has advanced. Whatever mm-hmm. the director's original vision was might be able to be done more successfully exactly. a- after a certain point. Or and exploring I... more themes and ideas that the first one didn't touch upon. Yeah, what do you say? Yeah. yeah. But th- there's another inherent... Like, I do like seeing that with movies where it left enough uh, gray space area for you to explore and dive into. And mm-hmm. then it begs the questions like, oh, is was is Hollywood brave enough to try to revive this older movie that maybe people weren't like a as passionate about ever to explore those ideas or are they going to try to reboot the ones that are more fully fleshed out because they're good movies and mm-hmm. unnecessarily like resuscitate them right and that is a great point because just off of this list and then it like ones that came out earlier like Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull <laughs> the Ghostbusters reboot these tend to be movies that the original was beloved or is beloved, like it's somewhat of a cult classic now. Um, and even and, like rebooting the Star Wars. Yeah. Like, so The Force it's... Awakens came out 2015. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And then The Last Jedi recently just came out in 2017. So it's a been, been about one a year. And yes, the the off years are where we're getting the spinoff tales. But yeah, the next so, one is uh, uh, Solo. Uh, Solo, Hans Solo, a little origin story. Mm-hmm. And then the previous one was a little origin story on a little like ragtag crew that got the Death Star plans yeah. that set up the fourth movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like 
my opinion of those Star Wars movies that are just coming out are generally positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never thought to myself, you know what I need? A new Star Wars movie? I mean, I enjoy when they come out. I really like Star Wars, and I'm glad these new movies are coming out. But it's not... They should revisit that and improve upon it. And none of these movies tend to be. It's not... You know, it wasn't... It wasn't, man, Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2. If only we could have done it this way, <laughs> knowing what we know now. Yeah, and even so, like, <laughs> first Jumanji, I'm like, ugh, look at these CGI animals that won't age well. Even with this one, I was not too impressed with the cgi and the animals uh-huh. yeah i don't yeah. i don't think that's the, where the budget went the rhinos looked yeah the budget went to the rock <laughs> you know i liked looking at yeah, him. yeah he, he looked great he smoldered a couple of times and i was like okay is that a thing mm-hmm. you can control <laughs> <laughs> oh god jack black was so good in this movie i know we were just describing the rock but i just remembered his reaction to the smolder <laughs> and he was so good so yeah i mean are reboots and remakes and sequels bad as a matter of fact? I would say no, but I would say it is a dangerous trend because we don't want the only like movie that can make money is something that's based on an existing property because then original stories will be less likely to be told. Right. In the or... sense we're going to start diluting our own uh, pool of stories. Yeah. yeah. So, like, by supporting reboots, am I perpetuating that cycle? Uh-oh. In the yeah, next, I, like, I 20 years down yeah. the line, what's our, what's the the line of the film's gonna look like? It, it yeah. almost scares me. I would be hesitant to say it scares me, because I do, I mean, I went and bought a ticket to see Jumanji. <laughs> I do enjoy watching these kinds of movies, but I think something has to be done where people also go see things like The Shape of Water or Lady Bird. Um, these quote-unquote, like, real films. Three like billboards. I haven't seen Three Billboards over Ebbing's Missouri, but my one critique is that the title is very long. It's outside Ebbing. See, I can't even remember it. There's so many words. <laughs> it's not a great title, like Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, <laughs> or Star Wars, Episode 8. The Last Jedi. <laughs> You're right. Those are such shorter titles. Those are such shorter titles. It's so easy to remember. So where are we falling with reboots? We've pretty much said good and bad. Yeah, just just a, a be careful. And it's yeah. by no means is this necessarily the first thing Hollywood needs to address. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, In my book, when the design space... <laughs> And the uh, the questions from the previous film are left there to explore, I- explore away. Right. And like, don't make it where I need to travel 30 miles to find mm-hmm. a theater that will show this independent film. Like when I went to watch The Big Sick, I think I had to go find what theater was showing it like it wasn't yeah popular enough or Or are we going to reach the point where these independent films will have to be relying on streaming services such as amazon hulu Mm -hmm. netflix for their platform instead of these select theaters that would definitely make it easier to like boycott hollywood yeah (laughs) (laughs) if it could be so separate where it's like oh well if it's not on tv then i'm not watching it yeah, the the uh, the select theater thing is big because I was actually going to go see Three Billboards, and I couldn't find a theater near me that was playing it. So 
I was like, well, I guess I'm not seeing that movie. <laughs> and how many awards did that movie win? I believe it won four Golden Globes. That sounds all right. I believe yeah. it was nominated for five, won four or five. And um, like still wasn't in theaters, like in all theaters long enough for like a large audience to watch. Mm-hmm. Or even by the time reward season rolls around, it you're in that... uh you're in that limbo area where it just got out of theaters but is not yet available for streaming or DVD yet. It is some someone's gotta correct that uh, this system we have so far. Cause you're you wanna release it toward the end of the year as Oscar bait or whatever, but then by the time the Oscars roll around, it's not even readily available. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's it baffles me. Yeah, the Academy Awards need to have their own <laughs> have their own things they need to fix. But I think basically what we're trying to say is go support these independent films you can still support these franchise films that you love i mean i'm going to see every marvel movie that comes out and i shouldn't feel bad about that but you should also support original stories that don't rely on name recognition to get people in the theater they just want to tell and show a good story with good visuals yeah like i want to see more ladybird i want to see more get out like mm-hmm. Jumanji by no means was it thought provoking or by no means would I go around and tell people you got to watch this movie the way I did with three billboards, but it was fun and, yeah. and movies can just be distractions. It can just be for entertainment. It doesn't have to be political and it doesn't have to be thought provoking, but make sure you are also watching like i feel like i'm advertising like but like for books <laughs> yeah <laughs> make sure you also read diversify your portfolio <laughs> yeah <laughs> well move movies can be just entertainment the same way book can be just entertainment mm-hmm. books don't necessarily have to be thought provoking books can just take you away but if every book did not provoke thought then what's the point so there should be, you should read books that provoke thought. You can read books that are just entertainment. You should see movies that are thought-provoking and make you look at the world in new ways. But you should also watch movies that just inexplicably make your popcorn taste better. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about the Netflix original series, End of the Fucking World and Coming of Age Tales. If you liked us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2 underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. Thank you again, and if you were driving, we hope you got there safely and on time. <laughs>